Thanks for joining me here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga and the creator of the Momentum Magic Method, showing you the way to becoming a confident teacher who seamlessly shares cues and easily creates sequences, whose classes feel like events, who understands anatomy and who shares their passion in a unique and authentic way. On the podcast, you'll hear anatomy lessons, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field, and a dose of personal development. In addition to the podcast, follow me on Instagram and TikTok for daily videos on teaching topics. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. Let's get into the episode. Hi there. So glad you're here. Welcome to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. My name is Karen Fabian, and this is episode 244. I am recording this on June 7th, 2023. This is an interview I did yesterday, and this episode will go live on June 12th. So I'm super excited for you to hear it. This is my first episode ever where I interview two people at the same time time. And it's going to become really clear in the beginning of the episode, you know, what this is all about, but I wanted to just hop on and give you a quick um, preview of what you're going to hear. If you're a longtime listener of the show, I've been talking and you know, I've been talking about my upcoming trip to Italy and I did that two weeks ago. And the uh, adventure that I went on was run by On Point Yoga Adventures. That's the company. And it is owned by Molly Casto and Lauren Dunn. And I was just so impressed with everything from the minute I stepped off the airplane to the minute I got in the car to take me back to the airport. It was one of the most transformative experiences of my life that while I was there in the middle of the week, I asked them if they would join me on the podcast so I could interview them about their vision for the company, their experiences on the um, adventures they've had so far, and to find out more about what drives them to do what they do, which is a very unique offer and requires a tremendous amount of knowledge and coordination and skill and interpersonal skills. It just became evident to me halfway through the week that I needed to have them on the show. So they said yes, and here we are. This is my interview with Molly Casto and Lauren Dunn, founders of On Point Yoga Adventures. So with that, we're just going to hop right into the episode. Start right now. (laughs) Great. Like the actual real conversation. So I'm so glad that I have a chance to do this with you both. I want you guys to know that you are my first two-person show. So this is the first time I've ever done an interview with people at the same time. So this is groundbreaking, groundbreaking technology. We are loving here. Awesome. We're so good. Bring this to the listeners. So maybe a good place to start. I, of course, will, um, and people will already have heard the intro that I will do after we have this conversation. Um, But I always like to start with having my guest um, share a little bit about themselves and who they are and 
that sort of thing. And now we have two people to do that. So we didn't draw straws. So I'll just ask Molly to start and then Lauren can go and we'll just kind of see how the conversation flows. Again, this will be kind of orchestration for me as the host, because there's two of you and not just one of you. Um, <laughs> however, I know this will just flow so beautifully, especially because, and we'll get into this, that we just were together in real life. And now um, it's just a fun way to follow up on that dynamic energy. So with that, Molly, I'm going to turn it over to you to, to kind of just give the listener a sense of who you are, where you're dialing in from, and what you do. And then we can sort of merge that with the, the, um, the conversation we're going to have about the two of you together. So maybe just tell us about you separately. Great. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you, Karen. I'm really happy to be here with you. I've missed seeing you. <laughs> it's been a whole two weeks. We're, we're going to have to get into that part of it too. Um, so yeah, so absolutely. I agree. So tell us from the beginning. Yes. So my name is Molly Casto and I am a yoga and meditation guide. Um, I live here in uh, Bozeman, Montana is where I'm dialing in from. I live in Bozeman with my family and um, I am co-founder and co-owner and co-trip leader of On Point Yoga Adventures with Lauren, who you will meet in a moment. Um, in addition to that work, um, I also teach yoga locally in Bozeman at a studio called Bend Beyond. And I, ha I have um, private clients as well, where I lead corporate yoga and meditation courses, um, I'm actually kicking one off tomorrow with a corporate client. And uh, in addition to that, <laughs> I am also a student again, because who doesn't love doing that at, you know, the ripe age of 45. And um, I am getting a second master's degree, this time from Wake Forest University in um, counseling. And so I'm immersed in that as well. And I love school. So it's been really exciting. Cool. So just really briefly since you brought it up where do you see that piece fitting into your overall picture well um for many years <laughs> i um led and co-led teacher training programs um for yoga and i always found that there was a integral element of inquiry and counseling it's in certain in certain instances that would come up and as a yoga teacher I I often felt like something was missing in my knowledge to be able to powerfully guide those sessions and hold space for certain students in the ways that I needed to and instead of shying away from those opportunities I just became really curious about how to lean into them more and in a more responsible way and knowledgeable way. And so this is something I was thinking about for a long time. And so I had the opportunity to, um, I found a great program through Wake Forest. It's a part-time program, um, all online geared towards professionals with busy lives like myself. And so I jumped in and I do see that being something that I can integrate into my work with my yoga students. And then I can bring yoga into private counseling practice down the line. And we already integrate, you know, a certain degree of these elements into our retreat um, work together. And so I just see a lot of um, synergy oh, in the area of my life with this. 
Yeah. Okay, cool. And I'm sure as people are listening, there might be people out there getting similar ideas just from listening to you like, wow, maybe that's something I want to pursue. So, okay, cool. So let's springboard over to Lauren and have Lauren do the same thing. Give us a sense of who you are and what you do. And we'll start there. Okay. Awesome. Karen, it's great to see you again after um, missing you from being in Italy together. So um, my name is Lauren Dunn and I am dialing in from Great Falls, Montana. And um, I have been teaching yoga now for about eight years. And I also have a background in marriage and family therapy. And I work as an outpatient behavioral health therapist at the local hospital here. So um, I work with individuals. I work with couples. I work with um, military officers. I work with military vets. Um, and I, I work with a lot of people who have a widespread of um, issues, diagnoses from PTSD to anxiety to depression to um, personality disorders and the whole the whole gamut. And um, it's interesting because when I was going to school, I, I flip-flopped my major a bunch of times. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to go into physical therapy or occupational therapy, or if I wanted to go into behavioral health therapy. And so it's interesting as life happens, right? Like that now I get to do both. And so I wasn't sure if I wanted to work with people's minds or bodies. And now I get to do both. And so, um, so I teach at a few different studios in Great Falls, and I also bring yoga into the hospital for both our staff, for doctors, nurses, therapists, and um, but I also teach to the patients. And so in outpatient behavioral health, we have partial hospitalization programs and intensive outpatient programs. And so, um, so it's been, it's been super fun to be able to, um, to, to bring that, to bring that into really a diverse population and, um, sorry, my dogs were barking. It distracted me a little bit. <laughs> I had to shut the door, but, um, it's, yeah, it's been, it's been amazing to, to bring it into the hospital setting and then also to the outside setting, like in, in the yoga studios in the community. Yeah. It's kind of interesting to talk to you both in this way, because it's interesting that I'm capturing for the first time that Molly has the yoga and is adding on the counseling and you have the counseling and added on the yoga. And so you're both kind of dual dual trained um, and yet, and coming together in this comprehensive way, which is what we're going to get to next. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I also just wanted to add one more thing is that like, I call it, I call it my day job, my job at the hospital. And um, I lead groups at the hospital every single day that I'm there. 
And with what Molly and I do now, it's, it's really so much fun to be able to do that and to bring um, my professional life into a life that I'm passionate about and to bring it all together. Um, I've said this to Molly before, but I have never in my life been in such complete alignment with um, like my passion, my life's desire, my career, all of it just seems to be so symbiotic and intertwined together that feels really good. Yeah, that's, I mean, isn't that something we all strive for, right? Is to kind of have that seamless, you know, it's not like I'm at work, now I'm at home, now I'm teaching yoga, that it's, Mm -hmm. I often say to teachers, don't you want to just walk into the studio, you know, drive to the studio, get out of your car, walk in, teach the class, go back in your car, go home, like with it being no big whoop, like it's just part of who you are. Peaceful. that, yeah, and that's when you describe that, that's what it reminded me of. Yes, so, there's not many parts of your life that are like siloed, right? Sorry to jump in. No, I think that's a, I think that's exactly it. And God, how much enjoyment and just fulfillment do we get when we have not that separation, but that integration instead? Yeah. So that is a great way to kind of make it a real thing, what, what you're both describing. Mm-hmm. So, all right, so let's do this. Um, let's talk about, and I actually don't know the answers to a lot of these things, even though we've spent time together. Um, let's talk about how you both joined forces under this umbrella of the business. And I'm going to let you, you know, between the two of you, you can both jump in and kind of decide mm-hmm. how, to, how to approach this. And, and let's sort of let's sort of approach it from the perspective of the person listening doesn't yet really know, even though we've mentioned it, about this other entity that you both have created. Um, so I don't know which one of you wants to kind of start off the conversation. So, um, so Molly, I was just one other thing that I wanted to add about, um, my background as, as we get into this is, um, so before I lived in Montana, I lived in Vietnam for five years, five years. Mm -hmm. And so I've always had a passion and, um, a passion for travel and different cultures and things like that. And loved living overseas, loved traveling internationally. Um, I've worked with different nonprofit organizations overseas and I love that. Like it really stirs my soul and lights me up. And um, so coming to Montana, after living in Ho Chi Minh City, a city of over 10 million people for five years, huge um, international melting pot and coming to a small town in Montana was very challenging. Yeah. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll say that. And um, Molly and I knew each other from before um, from a yoga training. And so when I came here, I knew that Molly was here. And so I immediately reached out to her. 
And it was, it was, I reached out to her as a friend, as a contact here as like, Hey, we're coming. Let's play. (laughs) Right. Let me just jump in just to say, if the listener is thinking, and why would someone go from Vietnam to Montana? Do you want to sort of illuminate a little bit about yeah 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 I can just um briefly say that um my husband and I were working with um with the U.S. Embassy in Vietnam and you basically have an expiration date of five years and so so we had to choose a location to come back to and we're originally from Colorado and so there was an opportunity in Montana and we decided it's in the Rocky Mountains let's check it out got it okay so that I think just if someone's listening and is like wow that's kind of an interesting place to live and then an interesting place to go to so that makes sense it's kind of like a government job and mm-hmm. you're sort of like looking at a list of places to go and, and this is where you ended up okay so you land in Montana you reconnect with Molly Molly has is living her best life and she's teaching and she's doing all these things and then what happens how do we end up so when you guys reconnect is there like a pitch from Lauren to Molly like hey would you like to travel with me I have this entity that I've created like I don't know Molly why don't you share a little bit of that you know it's funny um thinking back about how Lauren and I first met um and Karen you can relate to this because I um was trained as a Baptiste yoga teacher. And so I um, did a lot of training and work with the Baptiste Institute and was assisting programs, you know, with that team. And I actually met Lauren originally at one of those programs in Sedona. So both of us were traveling when we met. And um, if you had experience on team Karen, I don't know if you ever did that work. Yeah, you did. And um, there's, there's sort of like a rule where it's like, you don't, make friends with the participants because there's a step, you know, they're going through this amazing experience and you're there to hold space and be an empty vessel. And, um, you know, Lauren and I like saw each other and I think partnered on something, one or two things in, um, at that program in Sedona. And we were just like, we should be friends. Like it was sort of like, we're supposed to be talking, but we did. (laughs) And so. Which is kind of funny because. um, Jerry Seinfeld says you never really make friends after 40. So I think it's kind of cool that you guys were like, we should be friends because you sort of feel like you have your friends by a certain age. So I love that you guys had this energetic connection and you're like, let's be friends now. But like, we weren't really allowed to be friends there. So like we stayed in touch later. And actually that's a funny thing. That's an interesting thing that you just said, because as somebody who um, has traveled extensively and worked abroad and moved my whole life as well, um, I've made lots of friends after 40. (laughs) It's a Jerry Seinfeld thing. So take it for- I know. (laughs) I have a great deal of respect for Jerry Seinfeld. He's a wise man, but you know, I think there's a hole in that, in that theory. Anyway, um, so when Lauren, when I found out that Lauren was coming to Montana, I was really excited just to welcome her. And um, I was a little bit concerned that Lauren might not realize that the town that she was landing in wasn't really like in the mountains. It's sort of like mountain adjacent and um, very small. And so I really wanted to um, welcome her and her family and kind of get them out and show them where stuff is and out having fun. And so we just had a great time. 
And um, both of us had led retreats previously and had a passion for that work. And we knew that. And so I don't even know how it's, I don't even think there was a pitch. I think it was just like a conversation of like, wouldn't it be fun if we led a retreat in Montana? And um, go ahead, Lauren. You look yeah, like so I was just going to say, so, so we got here and we got together, we got the families together. And let's just say that um, like our husbands also totally hit it off. And I just remember Molly saying, oh my God, isn't it cute? They're totally having a bromance. <laughs> and, and we laughed. And so like we went on a handful of camping trips together. We went on rafting trips together. We skied together. And so then there came a time when um, we both were, well, I, Molly was going through a transition. I was feeling very stuck in this new small town. And so, you know, during one of our trips or many of our trips, we began having conversations, you know, just like processing what we each were going through in our lives. And so really that is how the birth of this happened. You know, we both know what our backgrounds are. We um, were discussing what each of us were going through. And then we just like, you know, light bulbs went off and we thought, wait a second, why don't we do this? Like, we're both here. We have the passion. We have the knowledge. We have the skill. Let's do this. And so when, so when was that? What, what, when was that? Was that like last year or? Yeah. So about a year ago. Well, I just have to chime in here and say, first of all, I didn't know that. I thought that Lauren, you already had this established business and Molly jumped in. And the only reason, and, and the only reason I'm saying that is something about the way my brain processed when I first chatted with Molly. And of course, we still haven't exactly dived into how I fit into being with you guys in real life, but I'll just say having now been through that Italy experience, which we will talk about at some point in this conversation, I can't believe this is a fairly new venture for you both because my experience as a participant was like, these two have been doing this for many years. And I sort of knew it couldn't have been many years, but it was just executed so perfectly. It's really unbelievable to think it was really you know, only a short time ago and it didn't even exist as a business. So, uh, so that's pretty amazing. Okay. So you have these conversations, you're at some point last year and what's the first idea? How does this become a real, what was, let me ask you this. What was, when you started to have these conversations, what was your vision for the for the entity that's become on point yoga adventures what was your vision for that well i mean what we what we did i'll start there is we decided that we would collaborate on a retreat in montana and both of us had been leading retreats in the past and so we had the skill set and both of us had also um like i had led groups and um, study abroad programming in East Africa for an extensive period of time. And so just organizing people 
traveling and doing things like this was both in our in both of our wheelhouses already. And so we just we planned the trip. We didn't actually plan the business so much first. We just really decided like, let's play together and see how it feels and um, see if it works and see if anybody comes. <laughs> and um, it did work and it felt great. And so many people came that we actually ended up having to sleep like in my camper outside the place where everybody was um, sleeping. <laughs> so really exciting. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, yes. And tell us, um, and I don't know, Lauren, if you want to describe this, somebody, one of you tell, tell us, tell me, um, what was that first experience? Like, give us a little more detail about where it was and what you did. As yeah. You so, so it was in Montana and it was at a private guest ranch. Um, I think like 22,000 acres okay. and, um, there were horses on the property. Um, we were able to, we went on a, um, on a sunset, um, not trail ride. What is the word? wagon wagon ride? Yeah. Tra- yeah. Wagon ride, um, where they led us to this bluff, this overlook, and we went to this outfitters tent and had a fire and food and drinks. And that was sort of our welcoming evening. And, um, the setting was absolutely stunning. And in that retreat, Um, we, we, so, so the framework for our retreats, which we started right at the beginning was we will incorporate two yoga classes every day, both power and yin or restorative and have meditation, right? So every retreat you go on with us, you know, that you're going to get that. In addition to that, um, Molly was curious about um, what I could bring as far as like inquiry sessions, goal setting sessions, processing sessions, you know, things like that. And so that was part of our conversation the whole time. And so I sort of took the lead on that portion of it, but then we incorporated trail riding and fly fishing and hiking and um, hot tubbing and, um, you know, just experiencing life in Montana, like the quintessential Montana experience. And so we both felt like, listen, we're here in addition to all these other things. We're also mountain people. We identify that way, you know, we're rugged. And, um, and so that's how we put it together. Yeah. Um, we did bring sound. So sound is always an aspect of what we do. And so both of us play sound bath instruments. And so we bring that in and um, yeah. And so it was really just this melding of these different things into the architecture to create a foundation for people to have an experience that wasn't just a retreat. And in fact, like outside this conversation, we're pretty intentional about not even calling what we do retreats. Like we call them adventures because retreating is about like escaping and pulling away from something. And what we're interested in is not so much offering people the opportunity to do that, even though there is, you know, a chance to go somewhere new. It's really about um, 
you know, having an intentional framework where you can pull away from like the to-dos in your daily life with the purpose of harnessing your thoughts and energy and um, intention and goals so you can leverage all of that and take it home and springboard into something really powerful. So, um, yeah. <laughs> while, while also not, you know, going off piggybacking on what Molly said about, um, a not retreat, a not retreat is like having experiences, adventures, and yes, we incorporate downtime and we incorporate time for relaxation. And we also really dive into like the immersion of the culture and, um, the local experience and the people where we are. So, so yes, it is that, but really it's like, maybe just, um, like a retreat from your daily life, but, but really going on an adventure. Yeah. Got it. Now, Molly, you mentioned before that you had these extra people because obviously you got, you got more than you expected, which is always a good problem to have. Mm -hmm. So especially if someone's listening and they want to start a retreat, um, of their own, or they tell us a little bit about how you let people know for this very first one that it was happening and how you found when people were signing up, like what parts of your, both of your lives were these people coming from? Well, great question. And what was so interesting is there's all of these marketing strategies out in the world, right? And really what works for us, what works for us then and continues to work for us now and is the core of how we get people to know about us is word of mouth. It's yeah. word of mouth. It's talking to people. It's, you know, friends telling friends. I mean, that is how it happens. Yeah. And the funny, the Montana problem where we ended up sleeping in the camper, which was actually great and really a ton of fun. But um, th that was the result of um, me just talking to people in Bozeman. So what was found so interesting about that retreat was that it wasn't all people flying in from, you know, the East coast or somewhere else to have their Montana experience. It was actually a lot of people that lived right in Montana who understood what we do and what we offer and wanted to be a part of that, even though this particular landscape wasn't something new or unfamiliar. Yeah, it is. It's actually really interesting because, you know, initially we designed, we thought like this Montana yoga adventure was going to be for all of these people outside, like, you know, possibly people from like the East coast and the West coast who wanted to like come to Montana and kick back and do the cowboy thing. And it turned out that after Actually, the majority of our people, the majority of our people were from either um, where Molly is or where I am and people who regularly already do yoga with us. And they were like, awesome. I can do four days of this. That'll be great. You know? Yeah. And I really, really think it's important to highlight what you're saying, which is Yes, there are marketing techniques and you can also start by simply telling people, you know, and they'll tell people they know, and you can actually build um, a, a list of people who will sign up for your event uh, through that word of mouth. Because I think so many times yoga teachers might want to do something like this, but they get very hung up on not knowing the marketing techniques or will anybody sign up or do I even have a personal list of contacts that I can leverage? And it sounds like that's really 
where you folks started for this first one. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just as, um, as a person putting yourself out there, um, certainly having confidence in what you're doing, trusting yourself, trusting your partner, trusting what you're offering and, um, being your true authentic self and bringing that into the picture, um, it makes it, you know, we talked about easeful earlier and it makes things so much more easeful when, um, when you're comfortable in your own skin. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. So you did that first one. So that was your first collaboration, you know, together under this umbrella of this new, um, this new entity. Mm -hmm. So at that point, did you then sort of sit down and make a list of other locations? How did you then move to the next one? At that point, I mean, I think within 24 hours, we were like, okay, we are onto something. And um, we began to initiate the process of formalizing the business and figuring out what that would look like. And I mean, you, as you know, like that's a long discussion and pathway to where we got now. And we started looking at other locations. And so um, the next one we did was just a few months later um, in January, we, it was a retreat in Florida, in Sebastian, Florida, um, at a fantastic property that is directly adjacent to an ashram and in the middle of a nature preserve and just really an interesting location with a lot of local culture and um, ecology to bring in that sense of place that we're really passionate about showing people and immersing people in. And that went great too. <laughs> it was 35 degrees the whole time in Florida, which was insane to me. And everybody, I mean, reading the feedback from that experience, people were just lit up Got it. Now, how did you land in Florida? Did you just think in, of course, January, it would be warm there? And that was the idea. Yeah. And so I think that that is something um, very unique to us. What we do at On Point is we are not choosing locations based on a popular spot. You know, it's not based on any statistics we choose our locations based on our connections to people, truly. And so both of us have different connections and contacts to people really all over the world. And so both of us have been reaching out to people, you know, of course, like friends who, who might live in beautiful places. Um, also reaching out to people who we have like a really a deep soul connection to, we're reaching out to those people who we value their input, we value their opinion, right? And so the Florida retreat was very similar to that. So I grew up in Miami, Florida, and one of my very best friends from childhood has really like we've we've grown up in parallel lives. And so he is a master sound healer and started um, the South Beach, South Beach Sound Healing Orchestra and the Miami Sound Institute. 
And so I was talking to him and actually I was in Florida six months prior and we were having a conversation. And when we have conversations, they are animated and excited. There's energy behind it. And so when I got back, I talked to Molly and I said, we need to look into this. And so we did, and we started having Zoom calls and, um, you know, checked out the property and we were like, this is, this is amazing. We can do this. And, and that's how we landed there. That's awesome. One of the things that, and you don't have to go into a lot of detail. I'm just thinking if someone's listening and this is really, you know, interesting to them from the point of view of they would like to do something like this, like a retreat or an adventure somewhere. One of the things that can hang up a teacher is the amount of capital that you have to promise to a location to cover the cost of the location's expense to reserve it. And mm -hmm. for some yoga teachers who are doing their first, they might be unsure of how many people they'll get to sign up and they might not have the personal finances available to hand over to a retreat center to hold a particular time frame. So are, do you have any tips or suggestions if someone's listening to help them with that sort of problem? I mean, I think as, as, as an individual teacher or in your case, a partnership, gets more established, you can sort of get a sense of, oh, we're, we're pretty confident we're going to get 10 people. So you can sort of tell a retreat center, we're, we're good. We're going to get these folks coming in. They're going to be enrolling and you can work on dates. Um, but for somebody just starting out, they might not have an idea. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I, I do have a few thoughts on that. And um, I think it depends a bit in terms of whatever the teacher's vision is for the retreat, how stressful that's going to be. I mean, I think for, you know, Lauren and I, we're very interested about in programming and what we're delivering and drawing in people that are very, very just eager to be a part of that. They're not necessarily there for um, five-star accommodations. And I mean, not that the accommodations aren't lovely, but that's just not what we're particularly interested in advertising, like high luxury retreats. And some people do that and love that. But those types of venues come at a premium. And so the deposit is sizable. Um, and so it's something to keep in mind. I would suggest, I would offer the advice that for a first retreat, unless somebody is very committed to that type of accommodation, to pick something fairly simple and all, I mean, comfortable, but simple. And to know that you don't have to pay the entire cost up front, typically and almost universally, you're required to put down a deposit in advance. And so it benefits whoever is leading the retreat, us or anyone, to select that venue and to have as much lead time as possible six months or a year, not a bad idea. So you can start generating that conversation and getting people excited. Um, and so you have to put that money down up front and it can be a thousand or thousands of dollars depending, but it's not the full amount that you owe. And so, um, cause having those conversations are key. As we said, I have never successfully, and I've never known anybody who has successfully 
put paid for an Instagram ad, you know, in major cities in the United States and had 20 strangers book out their retreat. Like it just doesn't work that way because people are coming for you. Like they're coming for us. They're not coming for linens. Right. (laughs) And so, and, and, but because of that, you know, as teachers, we have to do that legwork. And um, once you get those initial people signed up, have them put down a deposit to hold their spot. And yeah. that those deposits cumulatively will typically carry along and allow you to make subsequent payments without having to spend your own money. Right. And so along, along with that, um, so then you can also have payment plans, right? So your participants have a p- payment plan. And what we have done is those payment plans go along, they correspond with the time that like our next payment is due at a property, right? So usually I think, let's just say it's roughly 20% down initially. And then like two months later, it could be 50% down, you know? And so you want what you're asking your people for to correspond with that. Got it. Okay. So that's, that's great. And I think that gives the listener a good idea of kind of how to get the ball rolling on that piece. So, okay, so you, you've now completed the Florida and, it, and I'll bet at this point, you're like, man, if we weren't onto something after Montana, now we've done Florida and like the ball is just rolling down the hill. We are just so into this. Is that... Yeah. Um, I mean, right after Montana, we, I mean, honestly, we were like, okay, let's go here. Let's go here. Let's start calling our people. Let's like do this. And so honestly, like I couldn't remember we, we already had, yeah, we already had Italy booked when we booked Florida. Mm-hmm. And so when we went to, when we went to Florida, we already knew that Italy was happening and we had already planned on redoing Montana already. And then like with, I feel like with each success, um, our, our wheels just start turning more and we're like, okay, well now we have, you know, the, the money to put down for a deposit on somewhere else, you know? And so right. our, like, we just keep getting, um, fueled by each experience. And then we want to do more each time. Yeah. You're like reinvesting your profit back into the business, into the next one, which is like such a great shark tank type story. So, okay. So now you've done, yeah, go ahead. And we're just refining like every single time, like we learn and adapt and everything is just starting to get what's another word for refined? I don't even know, but it just, it feels very, very easeful, like even more easeful every time. And the delivery becomes more precise and we're like honing in on what's needed. And so it's just been so fun. Yeah. And that's one of the things I wanted to ask you. We can actually go there now. You know, I think about, you know, all of us are solopreneurs, even though you two are together, there's a large part of what the three of us do um, as yoga teachers that is things that, that are things that we do independently. And a lot of it is repeatable, right? We're going in and we're teaching classes, we're creating sequences, we're, you know, meeting with students privately and having a format for, and so I always sort of think about the more repeatable those things are, 
it's easier for us to do those things if we do it once or twice, refine it, and then just keep repeating with that same framework. And so since Molly, you brought it up, I'm wondering, and maybe you both have thoughts on this, as you got to this point where you did the one in Montana, you did the one in Florida, did you start to feel like you were refining how you did the thing so that you were moving into a model that was less work for you both to execute on from both a prep and being there point of view so that you're starting to see like the benefits of scale, like, okay, we've already done two. So now as we go into the third, we're reusing a lot of our agendas, like anything along those lines that. Yeah, a couple things. Um, and I, I'm interested in what Lauren's going to say too, but I know it's for, for my vantage point, it wasn't so much refining the whole run of show, like it's not an assembly line. It just doesn't work that way because the groups are always so different and that will change and the places are so different. And so that will change, you know, how we deliver um, what we're offering. However, I think just a commitment and a trust in the architecture of what we were offering and from feedback and experience and being out in the, in the yoga, our yoga adventure, but largely known as the retreat landscape, I got really clear. And I know she and I have spoken about this, that people weren't doing it like we were doing it. And it was really special. And um, just seeing the value in that and being able to deliver that with so much more confidence and excitement. Yeah. So Lauren, maybe you're going to say what you're going to say. And can you also where Molly says you're different, how are you different? Um, where Molly and I are different? No, no where, the where, where Molly was oh. like there's sort of a unique niche right. that you're filling. And I'm sort of wondering, like, let's explore that a little bit in part because the person listening might be really intrigued by what makes your experiences different. And also from like a business perspective, especially in the yoga world, the more we can differentiate ourselves either individually as teachers or individually as retreat runners or collectively if we're part of a, a, a two-person business like you are, mm -hmm. the more we can be different, that can mm -hmm. be a distinguishing factor to find yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So, so for one, um, it's definitely really important for us that um for for our participants to see us as human beings right like neither of us want to be put on a pedestal right like we don't want to be like untouchable we are there with our people having the experience with them right and so we we think of ourselves more as like guides on this adventure and yes we're leading sessions we're leading yoga classes um you know i'm leading discussions and um so i would say that is certainly something that sets us apart um so we are fully engaged in the whole process of our retreats um additionally um um, I encourage people to go as deep as they want to into their processing 
of their past. And because of my qualifications and my license, like I'm happy to go there. If people want to go there, you know, I want, I want people to be able to clear their slate, to come in with a clear mind and welcome in new perspectives. And if that requires having a more in-depth conversation, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, we can do that, you know? And um, so I think that's also something that sets us apart and that is unique, you know? I'm not shying away from conversations. We're actually welcoming them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Got it. Um, Okay. So, more things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Sure. Isn't it fun having two people on? <laughs> I mean, it's more yeah. content, less for me to talk. <laughs> A couple more things came to mind um, as Lauren was speaking that I just think are important to highlight. And one is being a truly all levels offering. Um, I've had so many conversations with um, people who are curious about what we do and they shy away from like, oh, well, I don't know if I'm young enough, fit enough, have enough yoga experience, you know, whatever it is um, to be ready for a retreat. Like a retreat is kind of like a step on a staircase of ability. And, um, and I've learned more and more that a lot of that is because they've been relayed bad experiences that other people have had. And I just, and for me as a yoga teacher on like doing this work or even work in my community, I just see this pervasive trend in yoga environments where we say things are all levels or open level, but they're not. And yeah. even the word level makes me anxious. Oh, me too. <laughs> And like even all levels makes me anxious because the, the, it suggests there's levels. And I'm like, I okay, am I supposed to be in the higher level? Am I in the all levels? Is that better than beginner? Is it worse than beginner? Like, what does that mean? I know it's like a trap and it's such an invention in like Western yoga culture anyway. Right. But, um, that's where like word of mouth has come in and it's been the coolest thing to happen where like people have come on our retreats and they're like, I was welcome to be myself and come with my, we've had people in like arm casts in our yoga retreat in their eighties, like, um, doing chair yoga, like in the room where other people are doing like standing yoga, non weight bearing yoga. And like, I have a lot of background and interests. Like Karen, you and I have worked together kind of on anatomy related things in the past. So I know that we share this excitement of really being a stand for having yoga practice be for everybody. And what's just magical about and unique about our offering is that we create this container where everybody's welcomed by the teacher to go wherever they want to go. But also then it just becomes this exciting process of the group where like they're giving each other so much grace and support and enthusiasm and cheering. And I just think it really um, repairs a lot of relationships that people bring and baggage they bring to like how they're scared to do physical activity in front of other people because they're going to be judged. Right. No, I think that's so true. And I think the experience for any yoga teacher of walking into the room and in the first two or three minutes, realizing they have people of different levels of experience and functional movement abilities in the same room. Uh -huh. I have so many conversations with teachers about how that is such a panic full 
filled experience for them because they're realizing in those first two or three minutes, oh my God, this person over here is going to need a lot of help. This person over here is going to need a lot of help. These people in the middle look like they know what they're doing. I get just so many questions about how do I approach a class when there are people with obvious different levels of experience. So I think what yeah. you just shared is it's more than possible to hold that space for people. And there's and so much value that can get on it. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of experience doing that. And Lauren has a lot of experience doing that as a new teacher, just speaking to new teachers who might be interested in leading retreats. If you're not comfortable and you don't have a lot of experience doing that, be very clear about what type of yoga you're yes. offering. In retreat. Yes. Because yes. it's quite likely that you're going to be standing in front of many people who you've never met, who have a very diverse, I don't know, experience range. And um, if you're not prepared to deal with that, like bring an assistant with you, bring someone to help you um, yes. so you can set yourself up for success. I see, I look out at a room like that and I am like a kid in a candy store. I get so excited. <laughs> like it's my favorite thing, but I understand that that's not for everybody. And so it's just yeah. something to consider. Yeah. And also, you know, when we are, um, on one of our adventures and, and we are doing a yoga practice, you know, we, we really like, we don't make a decision on, you know, usually it's like one of us leads and the other is support. Right. And so we don't make that call as to what the other person is going to do until that day or that class, you know, because it's really based on what the needs of our participants are. And so if one of us is, you know, assisting each and every participant, great. Um, if one of us is demonstrating, um, you know, an abbreviated version of the practice, then we do that, you know, um, I think that is also one of the benefits of having both of us there is that, you know, we're working in partnership, it's tag teaming, and um, it's been awesome. Okay, so now we're going to get to the part where I come in, <laughs> at least to get us to this next part of the conversation, because I think Italy was after Florida, right? Yes, yes. There wasn't another thing in between. No, there was. Well, there was, yeah. Oh, so let's go there. What was after Florida? Yeah, so um, there we have had such really great reception from people that um, that we decided, you know what, we actually need to add something else in here. And um, we have people from our local communities who would love to participate in our events, but um, for one reason or the other, you know, maybe finances, maybe time, you know, work schedules, family, whatever, they can't take that amount of time off. So we decided to create a mini retreat. And um, so it was a one day event at a hot springs in Montana. And um, we, we kind of used the same framework that we use on all of our retreats. And we incorporated a little bit of everything into one day. And um, we were, we sold out and it was a great experience. And um, we actually had a wait list um, for, for that. And so that was an extremely positive experience as well. Yeah. And I, I think that's another great point you're making. And for someone listening 
who wants to do this sort of thing, that might even be a place to start, right? Before they do the go away for multiple days, mm-hmm. maybe start with. So maybe just one quick piece on this before we go to the Italy part. Can one of you just describe a little bit about how that one day event was structured just so that if someone is listening, they can have a little bit of a framework of the template of the agenda of what that day looked like. You were at a hot springs. So that was like the adventure piece of it. So just some, some detail on what you did in that day. Sure, I'll chime in on that. Um, And so we were at a space called Chico Hot Springs um, in Paradise Valley, Montana. And we, you know, even with a one day thing, we really try to connect with people that we know and places that we have a relationship with. And I'm actually quite close with the owners of this space. I knew that they, she's a yogi. I knew that they were very in alignment and understanding of what we wanted to bring. So that made it a great match. And um, we rented a conference room, ballroom space. We had people arrive, you know, kind of late morning. So they would be able to drive there because everything in Montana is very far apart. <laughs> and, uh, and what we wanted to do was offer like a taste of everything that we do, you know, so they could get the full experience. I mean, obviously it's not at the same magnitude that it is for like a long weekend or a week, but we wanted to have every single piece, no exception. So we opened up the morning with, um, exercises to get people moving and meeting each other and engaging in authentic conversation and kind of flexing that muscle. And we did movement and yoga. We did um, a sound healing uh, yoga nidra and we did um, meditation and we just packed it all in to hold the end yeah. session as well. Sorry. Yeah, so we did we did a inquiry session and journaling prompts and people shared with the group. And um in fact, we <laughs> we're we're actually really great at um packing our schedule and then we're like, okay, we need to take a few things out. <laughs> you know, cuz cuz you know, it's a balance. It's a balance of that. You know, um you want to give people um enough substance, right? Um, and you don't want to do too much, right? You want to feel like you have enough time to do the things that you're doing, but not feel like crammed. And so we actually had to take things out of that day retreat because we could not fit it all in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I love this agenda idea, just giving the listener an idea of what the agenda could be because it, And I also really love how you're in all of what you're both saying, you're talking to people, you know, not only to invite them, but also for the location, you're leveraging your contacts, you're leveraging your existing relationships. So it it does just make it seem so much more achievable, I think, than going on the internet and Googling for ballroom availability in my area, right? Like that's just not... I think an easy way to get these kinds of things underway. Yeah. And everybody has their own, um, comfort zone, you know, and, and everybody has their own vision. And so I would say to people to like, get really clear on what your vision is, like what you're trying to accomplish, what your goal is, what experience you want to give people. And, um, I think Molly and I have been really clear on that with each other and in our conversations and, um, and who we are and who we're not. Right. 
Right. No, I think that's a, an important point. So, all right. So now we're at the point where you, and you can share a little bit about how this came to be, this next trip to Italy, how did that come up as an option? Um, yeah, so um, kind of more of the same networking with our people around the world. Um, I have a great friend who was a roommate in grad school, and um, he was the director of outdoor education at Georgetown, and he received a master's in corporate coaching from Georgetown. And um, he's now doing all kinds of work. Um, so it's really interesting. And he's really like a soul friend, you know, like we have like a heart connection um, and I trust him and respect him. And um, he's doing really interesting work, similar and very different, you know, um, a lot of leadership um, retreats and things like that. Um, and he actually lives in Italy. And um, so he's originally from the US, um, married a woman from Italy and now lives in Italy, has children there, works there. And he, you know, flies all over for work. And um, so has contacts, a really wide array of um, interesting contacts. And one of his contacts was um, through the European Union. And um, it's really interesting, like timing of everything and serendipity, because he and I connected, we check in with each other every six months. And I reached out to him and we had a Zoom call and I said, hey, like, this is what's going on in my life. This is what I'm doing. Told him about our business, told him how things were going. And he said, Lauren. I cannot believe the timing of this call. He said, I'm literally going to this property in two weeks. And he said, I've been wanting to go there for the past six months. He said, I'm going to check it out to see if it is a viable location to have a retreat. And he said, it sounds perfect for what you're talking about. He said, I will take videos, I will take photos, I will talk to them, I'll see if it is a good fit for you. And wow. yeah, I mean, that's how it happened. And so he went, he took like hundreds of photos and videos, connected with the, the owner and the manager and the property, and he spent the weekend there. And afterwards, he was like, Lauren, this is it. You have to have, you, you know, this is it. He said the people who run the place, they're so full of passion and pride and humility. And it just sounds like so in line with what Molly and I do. And so, um, so we scheduled a zoom call and you know, the rest is history. Right. So I'll just jump in quickly here to say, yes, you create this opportunity or this offer and I see it and signed up for it. And so now we're sort of up to the today times uh -huh. that the three of us are here doing this podcast episode on the heels of us all returning from that experience. The both of you led it, of course, and I was a participant. And 
for anyone listening right now who's been a listener of my show for any period of time, especially over the past six months, I was talking about going on this adventure pretty much all the time. So I had a whole bunch of people while we were in Italy um, two weeks ago in my Instagram stories and commenting and stuff. Oh, this is the trip you've been talking about on your podcast. So it's kind of full circle to have you both on uh, as the creators of that experience. So now that we've sort of clarified how we all ended up here together and the timing of things, tell um, tell me a little bit about, so you decide on this, you had this contact, this friend of yours, do some review of it. You know, it's the right place. You pick this. This is, you know, Montana, Florida, one day thing. Now you're asking people to get on a plane and travel to another country. So this is sort of the next level of experience in terms of a whole bunch of factors. So heading into this Italy, um, seven, what was it? Seven, was it seven days? Yeah, a full week, a full week, yeah. yeah. Um, were there additional considerations that came to mind for this one that were different than the other ones? Were there any changes in the way you were going to approach what you were going to offer? How did all of that in the planning process go down? You, I mean, not as many as you might think. I mean, because people are traveling to a place, you know, as you did, a place that maybe they've dreamed about seeing for a long time, it was important to us, you know, and also speaking to our um, value of wanting to connect deeply with the local community and immerse in that, to not just be isolated in on a retreat property for the entire week doing yoga and meditation and discussion. And so we made, um, it was more effort and planning than maybe it is typically for domestic type retreats to to arrange a lot of really fun and diverse excursions to expose people to as much of the, the culture and landscape of Tusk and history of the Tuscany region as we could. And so um, that was actually really fun to prepare. <laughs> yeah, and, and because the hosts at the property were so wonderful and open and available to us, we literally could ask them anything. And so they got to know who we were, what we wanted to offer participants, and then they offer suggestions, right? And so we kind of picked and, and chose from different things that sounded great to us and, um, and went for it. So there definitely is um, a next level of coordination that goes into that. Mm -hmm. And I think with, um, you know, trust in, trust in ourselves and each other, we're able to flow with that seamlessly. Yeah. Right. Got it. There are other things to consider that, you know, uh, as a team, I'm, I'm looking through the lens of teachers who may be listening to this, that we're not scary or complicated for us just because both of us have a sizable amount of experience working with groups abroad already in other capacities, you know, but like, insurance, international driver's licenses, you know, things like that, that you just want to make sure your ducks are in a row, but, um, that it, it didn't feel complicated. And again, yeah. and I so think, simple. 
I mean, I think also it, it definitely not to like toot our own horn, but it's just part of the makeup of who we are. And yeah. so, I mean, I remember like, you know, Molly and I met up in Rome and we were kind of like, oh, hey, you know, <laughs> like it was kind of funny. It was like, pinch me, here we are, right? <laughs> like we said we wanted to do this and here we are doing it and let's yeah. go out to dinner, you know, let's, um, you know, and so it was, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. And I think that that speaks to, you know, what you're saying about doing what sort of is in your wheelhouse at the time that it is. And there's certainly always areas for us to grow into, but I love how in this chronology of events, the sequence of events, you really have a variety of opportunities and offers that you've been giving to people. And so I think for someone listening who maybe isn't at the comfort level to take a group of people to another country, they can start out with the one day event in their neighborhood and mm -hmm. somebody that they know at the local community center or the whatever it is. And that's always a way to begin. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Because it's, I mean, it's, it's with, I mean, we're so passionate about it. It's easy to kind of stick in like, it's fun. It was so easeful and it was so great. And it's an incredible amount of energy to hold a container for a group of people for an extended period of time. Yeah. So that's new for teachers listening. Certainly like start with a day, see yeah. how that feels. You will probably sleep 12 hours that night. Then try something domestic, you know, build from there because it's a lot to go all in on a full week if you don't have the experience in another country. And I would also say just like be confident in what you're doing. Trust, trust what you're offering. Trust the value of what you're giving people, you know, like do your, do your homework. And um, if it's something you're passionate about, absolutely go for it. And my way of being is see the path, like truly see the path and let it unfold before you. Um, we don't need to be the, the one who inserts the obstacles. They happen. You learn to roll with them. Right. True. Right. True. Um, so, you know, I know that having participated in the Italy experience, I can certainly speak to just the quality of the entire thing from the minute I stepped off the plane and was greeted by the most wonderful driver who oddly, it was absolutely not even a problem that he only spoke a little bit of English. We managed just fine. And it was actually perfect for the drive to the villa. And, you know, the, the, minute we got there and everything from the food to the excursions we did to the seamless way we moved from doing yoga to having conversations to going in the van to going to trips to eating in the house to eating out on the road to having picnics to going through the Tuscan countryside the winery like everything was just so magical and executed so well my question at this point and you can of course decide what you want to share is how, given that this was your first international retreat, how did you both feel when you were done? 
Um, well, so, so first of all, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for being there. Thank you for participating. Thank you for trusting us. And thank you for your kind and generous words. Of course. And um, how did we feel? So, um, so I'll say two things. Um, I felt amazing and completely lit up and I was exhausted. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was jam packed. Right. Um, and I felt, I felt, um, like excited and happy and, you know, like a pat on our back, you know, um, it felt like a success and, you know, the comments that we received from everyone, it was, it was, it was wonderful. Yeah. Okay. And Molly, how about you? Yeah. Again, I, I paused for as long as I did, because I was just really taking in um, everything that you said. And thank you. It means a lot. And I think the word that I had then, because I thought about this at the time and I'm, it's holding true now is I was just so deeply honored. Yeah. Just to have the opportunity to do what I love and do it well and be great and make other people great. And, you know, Lauren and I making each other great, you know, it's just like, how many of us get to work in an environment like that? Like yeah. it's, it's shocking and it's awesome. And um, so I just kind of like danced through this. If you've ever tried to get to Montana from anywhere, it's like far. And so, especially from Italy. And so it was like a long travel experience home. And I just kind of danced that wave of just being so in awe and honored um, to be able to bring this to people. That's amazing. So I have three more questions and two of them are a little more, um, we could go a number of different ways. I, I do wanna touch on these two questions. So I actually could have three of them in this category, but let's start with the first thought that's coming to my mind. So the first question I have and this could relate to someone listening who's thinking of doing something similar to what the both of you are doing. What is it like to work on something like this with someone else versus doing it yourself? You know, tell us a little bit about or tell me a little bit about the partnership and the working with another person. And, you know, are you both independent people and you like working independently and you like working with someone else where there's some initial sort of adjustments that need, or are you both the sort of people that you really like working with someone else? So this was like a no brainer. You know, I guess I'm just wondering a little bit about that dynamic. So Molly, why don't you go first? And Sure. I mean, I, I have, we've actually never really talked about this question. So. I didn't think you had, which is why I do I want to go here? <laughs> and um, so I can only speak from I because Lauren and I have not yet discussed it, but um, I have always been somebody who gains energy from working collaboratively. And so I really do enjoy partnership and, and I'm also like a doer. And so I think if every step of the way of everything we did was executed collaboratively, we would never get anything done. 
So what I like is that Lauren and I are both really skilled at like, we, we get together, we meet weekly, like religiously, and we have an aggressive um, agenda and we get through everything we need to do and we assign tasks and then we just go do them. And there's like never any concern about whether either of us is going to get it done or whether the quality is going to be there. And um, I've been in other partnerships in the past that have been less functional, tumultuous, like not having that established trust and confidence in place. And so it's very refreshing. And um, I think it allows us to be collaborative and also be efficient. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And um, I will say that, yes, Molly and I are both um, independent, um, you know, yoga teachers, business women, entrepreneurs, and, um, you know, at, we, we always have open and complete communication and, you know, yeah, we've had some, um, you know, a few uncomfortable conversations or, You'll have to talk about like your feelings or something like that, you know, and um, really, I think those have been our pathway to growth and learning opportunities and realizing like, okay, like we don't, I don't need to take anything personally, you know, like we're having a conversation and our end game, our end goal is the same. And so really like communication is the key. And I agree with Molly completely. I think both of us totally get energized on working with each other and collaborating with each other. You know, one of us is passionate about something and we start talking about it. And then the other one's like, yes, yes, I hear you. I know, let's do that, you know? And so it's it's like an engine that just like starts going. And so um, it's been it's been great. That's great. Okay. And I think that's helpful too, to kind of define a little bit of the roles and especially emphasizing the importance of communication. And I love that you said not taking things personally. I think that's really, really important in a business partnership. So my next, I have two more questions and then we can wrap up my next question. And you both can answer this because you both have, you know, I think about when I got on the plane to go to be a participant in your Italy retreat, uh, Italy adventure, I left my boyfriend, Ben, and my dog, Coco, who I talked about profusely when I was there. So I know you guys know them. And I talked about all the details of who was gonna help Ben out with Coco because he's not really a dog person and all of the rigmarole. And anybody listening who's listened to my podcast multiple times heard me talking about that in the lead up to, to going. But you both have husbands and children. <laughs> and, and dogs. And dogs. And dogs. <laughs> and dogs, yes. Um, and teaching responsibilities and, you know, jobs and taking classes online. You know, part of me is wondering, like, how do you hold space for a vision like this? and hold space for all those things. And the reason I ask this and really want to get both of your perspectives on this is because 
every single, I don't want to say every single day, but at least three times a week, I have conversations with yoga teachers who can in 30 seconds, when I say to them, what's your dream outcome? They'll say, I want to bop. I want to bop. I want to feel this way. I want to do this thing. I want to bop, 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 bop. And then I'll say, what's holding you back from having that dream outcome? Well, I've got this going on. I've got that going on. I'm adjudicating the estate for my mom who just passed away. I'm taking care of someone who's ill. I have a full-time job. I have a wait list for patients to enter my clinic. You know, all the things that are the reasons why they can't do it now. Uh And, you know, it's almost like, hey, if you want to make a case for all the reasons why it can't work, do you want me to chime in and add more onto the pile? Or would we rather reframe it and start to take a stand for what's fucking possible? Like, can we just do that? So (laughs) I think you both are, and I'm just having conversations about helping you get to your vision by working with me inside my program. It doesn't even require you get on a plane. So the two of you are living, breathing proof that you can have partners and children and dogs and online graduate degree education and jobs where you're counseling people in hospitals, for God's sakes, and get on a plane and go to Italy for a week. So I don't know, Lauren, why don't you start and like share how in the world you you do that how in the world you hold that vision and execute on it while also not just saying to your husband good luck see you in a week (laughs) yeah so so a few things come to mind um so in therapy and in my life i am very solution focused meaning and and you know this from the time that you have spent with me like I truly believe in seeing the path, seeing what's possible, focusing on what you want to achieve and letting your goals be greater than your excuses. Like I truly live my life that way. And the other thing is we've also talked about this in this, this session is um, trusting the people in your life and having open, clear communication with everyone. So everyone from my children, to my husband, to my patients, to my colleagues, to um, you know my yoga studios, all of it, like being clear, complete, concise, um, with, with no room of questioning, you know? Um, expressing what my intentions are, what's happening, being clear and letting them know, and I will be back and I'll be ready to go when I return. You know, um, I think all of those things is what enables me to do, to do what I do. Okay. Got it. Is that, is that clear? No, that's fantastic. I mean, and I love when you said goals being greater than your excuses, because you know, all those things that people have on their plates, those are real things. You both have real things. And it's it's not to devalue or to say those other things are not important to do. It's yeah. just that 
it's sort of like, do I want to have an either or mindset or do I want to have an and also mindset? Yeah. And you also just made me think of something else that I talk to my patients and my children about. And it's that um, you teach people how to treat you. You teach people how you want to be treated. And you also teach people what is important to you, what you value. And so by letting everyone in your life know what is important to you, they get the message, the message pretty clear of what is important to you and how important it is. And then they want to support you. Got it. Okay. So Molly, what do you think? What comes to mind for you when you think about this? Or do you say to your husband and your dogs and your kids, see you in a week. Good luck. There's frozen food in the fridge. Well, no, because luckily, I mean, my husband's incredible with our home and our kids and everything else. And um, so it's like no problem <laughs> leaving. <laughs> and uh, I think for me, like I would, I think of a story, I was just thinking of something that happened that kind of was like, really was a pivot point for me, which was when my kids were really little, like maybe, you know, like five and seven. And I went to, I wanted to go to a yoga class like really badly. And I was just feeling like, oh, you know, I have things to do here and they need me and it's selfish and I can't, you know, that whole like story that happens. And I went and I thought I spent the whole time at the class with a part of my brain thinking about the fact that I shouldn't be there. And then I got home an hour and a half later and my children had not noticed that I left. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I've never forgotten that. And it always like called into question, you know, why do we do this to ourselves? And so I'm very much a yes person and about creating what I want to have happen because we honestly get put on this planet once, one time. And so like the time is now, it's not just a bumper sticker. It's like a real thing. And again, I think Lauren said it perfectly. I have nothing to add. It's about being super clear about my intentions and what I want to do, not to get buy-in necessarily, but to like be very clear around what I want to have happen so people know and there are no surprises. And I, and people mirror that too. Like my husband has big dreams and goals and things he does. And we balance each other and I'm staying home sometimes while he's off doing amazing things. And you know, my children are like that. And so we all just work off each other in a really powerful way in that way in our household you know, in my work, like I was very clear, you know, about what I'm up to. And so there are no surprises and everybody's very supportive. So that's huge. And um, I just think it's also about letting go of the idea of like balance, like there's supposed to be balance because there really, is, I mean, if there is, it's much more macro than we like to think, you know, sometimes I'm a hundred percent focused on this. And then other times I have to be a hundred percent focused on like school and that's okay. And it doesn't mean that things are being neglected. It's just being all in, in the moment for what's happening, um, to have that have meaning. Like when I'm with my kids, I am with my kids. Like I'm not mentally somewhere else. When I'm in Italy, I am in Italy and everyone will talk to me for a week, in a, in a week, like mm -hmm. teaching yoga. And so, um, I think a lot of us get into a struggle when we're being, when we're trying to be pulled into multiple places and things at the same time and feeling shame or guilt or anxiety about that. Yeah, and I think your illustration with your kids not realizing you were gone is evidence to 
the idea that some of that is just a belief, right? That, you know, same with me, I left and thought for sure when I came home, things would be in shambles and they actually were totally fine. So all of what I thought I was just such the control freak about and things would not work with me not here controlling everything, turns out that's just a belief. <laughs> it actually worked out fine. Yeah, our support networks surprise us. They're pretty amazing. Yeah, and, and I think those beliefs, if they ultimately hold us back from doing the kinds of things that we want to do, and I think the both of you are speaking so much about the impact of you being in your dharma, you being in the spaces and places and ways of being that light you up, you know, when, when you're robbing yourself of that opportunity, it's, it's, it's not just a shame. It's almost like a crime. It's like, you really need to figure out a way to make that work. And in a way it makes everything else you do better. So when you take that sort of, um, approach that you're talking about, Molly, where you're here and you're 100% present. Well, then when you're there, you're 100% present there is even better because you are 100% present doing the other thing. And it's not like you're making all these Sophie's choices about your life. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So here's my last question before we wrap up. Um, and maybe you can both sort of take a piece of this where is this going? Like, where is this ship going next? Like, like you can say a little bit about literally what your next things are. And then maybe if there's like some higher level vision or even just in general. So any thoughts that come to mind and, and especially if someone's listening and they're thinking, this is uh, an opportunity that I want to take advantage of. I want to find out more about where they're going next, like get into some of those details too. So we can get, yeah. well, um, so, well, they can certainly go right over to onpointyogaadventures.com right. to our website to check yeah. out more details. And yeah. when you, when you ask that question of what's next, I just think like sky's the limit. Like, you know, it's all possible. And so, um, literally we do have a, um, follow-up call with our people in Italy this week, and we are discussing having another Italy retreat this year, this fall be yes, because, um, we had a wait list for Italy and so um, that will be coming to be to be determined the date. Um, and on top of that, we have our second annual under the big sky Montana retreat adventure um, coming up September 14th through 17th. And then we are going to Byron Bay, Australia next February. Molly, you have the dates on hand? Yeah, February 19th to the 23rd, we'll be there. Yeah, in um, 2024. And then we are also going to Bali on May 1st through May 6th of 2024. And um, we are super fired up about it all. And the way things have sort of evolved, um, who knows what else will be coming but I, I would almost guarantee that there are other things that will be added to our calendar 
um, in between all of those. So stay tuned. Awesome. So Molly, you know, anything to add or something that you're looking forward to as you kind of look out ahead at the landscape, you know, either in terms of like a particular place that Lauren's just mentioned or just anything different and new that you're going to be adding to the experiences for people? Um, I don't have much to add. It's a lot and it's, I'm really excited about all of it. Um, I think in particular, you know, for me personally, I'm very excited about our upcoming, uh, I'm excited about all of them. And I'm also very excited for particular reasons about our Australia adventure. Um, it's a place that I know and love and I have a lot of family over that side of the planet. And so I'm just excited to do this and meet new people and people who I don't get to see very often are coming to the retreat. And it's, it's just good. And the space is so gorgeous. Like it's yeah. just going to be particularly special for me in that way. But all of them are amazing. I've, I've actually never been to Bali. Laura, Lauren has like a great relationship with our host site and the, and the space. And so that's mm -hmm. going to be exciting for me too. Yeah. And I will say for, for the person listening and for, for people listening, if you want to go to Montana, you better sign up because a lot of people at our Italy retreat already decided they want to go. So <laughs> we'll just let you know that if you want to go to that one, you better sign up quick because yeah, yeah. And a lot of repeaters. And I will say that um, something that's really special about our Montana retreat this year is we are going to actually take a horseback trail ride into Yellowstone National Park. And so that is going to be pretty epic. And um, so I'm really looking forward to that, among other things, you know, everything else that we offer. But yeah, it's also a beautiful time of year to visit. That's amazing. Well, I want to just thank you both so much for this time. And I just, I love the way we just went in all these different directions. And I, I really hope that we gave the listener both the experience end of it, what it's like to go on retreat with you, go on adventure with you, the, some of the nitty gritty details, if someone is listening and they are thinking and they are impassioned to do something like this. I think that you both shared a lot of things that really helped them hit the ground running. So maybe just to wrap up, if you each want to just add anything that comes to mind, um, let's do that. So Lauren, why don't you start? Um, so something that I was thinking about was, yeah, you know, Molly and I've been talking about this recently and, and we talked about it on this podcast is that um, at the end of the day, we are just other human beings out here doing the best that we can each day, right? And so um, we want people to reach out to us. If you have questions, if you're interested on in going on retreat with us, on going on an adventure with us, if you want to run your own retreat, if something is holding you back in your life, reach out to us. Like, we want to talk to you. So, so that's what I have to say. Um, so on Instagram, we are on point yoga adventures. I personally am also Lauren Dunn yoga on Instagram and D U N N E. Yes. Thank you for that. And, <laughs> and, uh, Molly, I'll turn it over to you. Yeah. Same thing. I mean, we just, I can't tell you how often people are surprised when they send just a general inquiry message through our website. And I'm 
writing back and we're going back and forth and talking. This happened today about, you know, about the Montana retreat actually, which is starting to fill up. So enroll if you're interested and, um, same thing. Like I, I have a passion for connection, which is why I'm in this line of work and I've been there. <laughs> and so there are no dumb questions, new teachers, people who have never done retreats before, please reach out to us. And so Lauren already provided um, the Instagram handle for On Point Yoga Adventures, which we both regularly engage with. And then I'm also at Molly Casto Yoga on Instagram and Facebook. And so you can reach me in either of those places um, or via email, through, either through our website or we are at onpointyogaadventures at gmail.com. Got it. Well, I wrote down, as we wrap up here, I wrote down two quotes from the both of you. Uh, the Lauren mic drop quote was, let your goals be greater than your excuses. I don't know if you remember you said that. And yeah. the Molly mic drop uh, quote is, the time is now. And so I just love um, that the both of you shared things to really light a fire under the listeners and to encourage them to go after their dreams. And, and, uh, and I think that the spirit of that was infused throughout this entire conversation. So I want to thank you both so much for being here with me. It was such a nice kind of top off to being with you in real life. Um, we're recording this on uh, the 6th of June, 2023, and this will go live on Monday. So Monday, I will send you a link and there we will be in audio only, even though I'm seeing you, uh, seeing you right now on the video part of this. Yeah. Thank you so much, Karen. Gosh, of course. I mean, like I said, I had to even do less work because there was two of you. <laughs> Usually it's like a little more even with, with just one guest. So I loved having you both on. Thank so you. Thank you so much. And um, I'll send this off to you uh, on Monday. I'll send you a link and I'm just wishing you all the best with all of your future adventures, not ventures. <laughs> Thank you so much and wishing you all the best and sending you lots of love. Okay. I'm bye -bye. Connected. Great to see you, Karen. Thank you. Great to see you. Bye. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And the fact that you're still here and still listening is not lost on me. So thank you so much. Couple of things. If you have any questions, please contact me. Send me what your questions are directly to my Instagram DM. You can find me there at Bare Bones Yoga. The next thing I hear so much from yoga teachers that they want to be confident. They want to feel more confident. They don't want to have that nervous feeling in their stomach when they get up to teach. They don't want to stumble over their words. They want to create sequences fast and not spend so much time writing out their sequences and practicing their sequences. And they so much want to just walk around the room rather than being tied to the mat and practicing the entire sequence with their class. If any of this hits home for you and you want to develop into a more confident, authentic teacher in the next 30 days, I want you to DM me confident teacher heard it on the podcast. 
and I will show you exactly how you can get there. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you on the next episode.